calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving god, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Welcome back to Awkward Sex in the City. I want to say up top, though, in this episode, trigger warning, we do talk about sexual assault. And it comes very quickly. So, like, there isn't, like, a, a as Lorena says, a moment to take your headphones off. So, just up top, we do talk about sexual assault. Um, that being said, we have Lorena Rusty with us. She's one of my favorite comedians. You can see her all over New York City. You can follow Lorena at Colonial Man Fist. Um, it's one of her best jokes, and you'll get it when you see her profile. It's a really introspective episode. Uh, a lot of them have been the past few weeks, which I really love. Um, again, we do talk about sexual assault. We talk a lot about open relationships and just relationships in general, and obviously sex. I say this every episode. I say this for every post. Like, I really like this episode. It's one of my favorites. And and like I genuinely mean it like as each episode comes and goes just each person makes it so unique and different and I've been starting to get messages from people saying that this show has helped them with their sexuality and learning to grow into themselves and that is truly like one of the coolest things I've ever like experienced and I'm so happy that I could facilitate that for you and I hope to continue that also I feel like my voice sounds like super serious right now it's not a serious episode um, they rarely are, but I did just want you guys to know that again, trigger warning, sexual assault. <laughs> Eat me out and then tell me I'm Ellen. <laughs> she's eating out and she's like, one day, late night. <laughs> yeah, but it sounds like. <laughs> <laughs> but my graduating class was 12 girls, two boys. So it was oh a bloodbath. Yeah. Yeah. Sex is great. We're, <laughs> we're going to be present during sex, you know. I, okay, so the thought I'm having is uh, in this vomit, thought vomit, is like, I guess if you have undeniable talent, right, what do you mm -hmm. do with that, right? Mm -hmm. Like, let's say you're undeniably good at field hockey. I have no reference to field hockey. I don't know why I picked that sport. And I was like, is that, was that's like, not, soccer. That's not for me. Yeah, I'm trying to uh, show versatility. Um, <laughs> <laughs> let's say you do volleyball. Uh, but like, what do you do? There's so many people that just don't profit off their talents. Like, you, you're the best in the in the country, right? Like, uh -huh. so, or there's so many... 
let's even say like okay soccer right you it needs you require so much money to excel in the sport in america specifically uh-huh. like there you're looking at so many athletes that are not actually the best athletes in the world because they just couldn't do anything with their undeniable talent which wow. is i think the saddest thing to talk about at 10 30 in the morning <laughs> on a sex podcast <laughs> yeah we're gonna get there i know no, everyone's I- like well where's the sex and trust me this is getting sexy <laughs> well uh, it, it, like i always say to people like it always circles back to sex because a big part of like like our sexualities and like our libidos uh is directly correlated to like anxiety and depression so if you're dealing with money and you're dealing with like you have this undeniable talent but you don't know how to profit on it and like how do you focus on that like are you doing like like i work at trader joe's because Mm -hmm. it offers me stability so i know i can pay my rent like Mm -hmm. but then there goes all this time to write and focus and work or like uh you can't have a a therapist because you can't afford it like it all comes back but yeah I, I mean, I've lived in that cycle of like, mm-hmm. I can't like, so I had an ex that stole money from me. And so oh, I fuck. basically had to, don't worry, I've talked about it on several podcasts uh, and it <laughs> does get sexy. I don't know why I'm going to keep saying that, but, <laughs> but so she stole money from me. And so I was living with my parents. I just come back from, I was living in Asia. It was very like eat, pray, love. And I was like, okay, I guess I'm just going to be like a director of photography now. And that's because mm-hmm. I used to shoot photo and video. Mm-hmm. And then my ex stole money. And so I was living with my parents, not paying rent. I was in debt from this woman stealing money from me. Like I, oh, they basically get, lent me the money, uh-huh. and I was like, okay. And now I can't even. Like I remember, I was so sad. I was like, I want to have a drink, but I can't. I need to go to a therapist, but I can't. Mm-hmm. And you're just sitting there in your own shitstorm. That's when I lit- That was like my rock bottom. Where now I'm kind of like. Oh, if I, I know what rock bottom looks like. Mm-hmm. So like, I'm nowhere, even if I'm having a bad whatever, I have a support system now. But back then it was just like, yeah, what do you, you need to do the things that are going to help you get out of that anxiety? Yeah, absolutely. Which for me was a lot of park walks, a lot of old man sauntering. Oh, that's so sweet. I can <laughs> yeah. like, see it. Well, yeah. I mean, it's very on brand. Uh, But right. I guess I don't know what you do when you're crippled with that. But going back to uh, therapy and anxiety, yeah, one of my huge anxieties uh, used to be around sex. Really? Oh, yeah. I think a lot of people assume I'm a very confident Lothario. Uh, you guys can't see me, but just look at, scroll through Instagram. There's a lot of shirtless photos. And yeah, you got a rock and bod. You got a rock and bod. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> well, see, old man. Uh, <laughs> But I, okay, so trigger warning, I was assaulted when I was 19, and I basically, that's how I lost my virginity, right? So, fuck. Yeah, so it's really intense. Uh, (laughs) Trigger warning, I gave no time for people to take off their headphones. Uh, (laughs) And so, uh, also, frankly, for women, it is truly a Hunger Games scenario. Like, anytime I disclose that I was assaulted, you're, like, in a room of 10 women, and it's, like, half of us are, like, oh, yeah, have you not been raped? You're a loser. Like, and I know I'm making jokes about it because I truly can't cope any other way. Uh-huh. But, like, it's insane that I didn't even verbalize it as rape until, like, seven years later. Like, I was just, like, yeah, that just happened. And then what makes things even more complicated is you get to this place where good people can also be rapists. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, oh my God, what do I do with that? So basically, I naturally as a person am very good at emotionally numbing. Like I think if you're an actor and you have like deeply emotional scenes or whatever, there's something that like shuts off in me that doesn't connect that to my actual, the portal to my soul. It's just like, it goes out a different vent, uh-huh. right? So like, that's what would happen. So naturally I'm inclined to do that and can do that. And so when I was assaulted, it basically amped that up to the point where it was like, oh, I don't understand how to have sex in a way that's present and like 
especially in queer scenarios as a very masculine presenting person, I had pillow princesses all the time. It was like essentially, oh, okay, I'm going to please you. I'm going to pleasure you because that's what you want and that's easy. And you're like maybe curious about women and you don't know what to do. Uh So it was just basically a very isolating place to be. And now it just has taken me a decade to get to where I am now, which is like, sex is great. We're going to be present during sex. You know, (laughs) like my friend calls it sex hygiene which is where you, it's like you give yourself what you need to get into sex. So like she was also assaulted and she talks about how she likes dirty talk before sex because it helps her get present. Uh huh. And I was like, oh great. She's like, that's my sex hygiene. And then during we like stay connected and with however we need to. And then afterwards I need to like cuddle and then also talk and have space. So like that's how I can create a safe space for sex for me. And I was like, oh, that's really cool. That's a really cool. <laughs> yeah way to think about it and to get and to really like not destigmatize it but just be like yeah like everyone needs things to be mm-hmm. in it well because if you look at any movie like i thought the notebook was it like i didn't oh, understand yeah. why i wasn't having sex like the notebook which also my own ryan gosling hang up but i was like i need to be having sex like ryan gosling <laughs> <laughs> i need to look really wet in t-shirts and i just i didn't understand i just didn't understand or like my partner would be enjoying sex so much more. And I'm like, I don't understand why you need so much less than me right now. Uh-huh. But like, I'd be like, I don't know what you're eating. That food looks delicious. But what I'm eating is like the off-brand version of whatever it is you're consuming. And did therapy help a lot to get totally? To that? Yeah. I mean, I'm a pro. I've been in therapy since I was six. Like when I was a kid, I dressed the way I do now. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, this girl told me that I, I was a boy. And I was like, this is the 90s. And so I was like, great, I'm a boy. So my mom, this is very progressive also for Latino parents because unheard of. Like uh-huh. all my Latino friends, well, a lot of them go to therapy, but like I think mainstream, they're like, mm, no, thanks. Like throw some like Goya on it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, ooh, inappropriate. So they put me in therapy. And I was a really happy kid. So she was just like the therapist, multiple therapists were like, she's fine. Just like, hey, she's fine. And so I've kind of always been really open to the idea of going to therapy. Yeah. And then I went back again when I was uh, in my late, when I was 20, basically. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, I've been, I'm very, I like have this pro- borderline problematic uh, like relationship to bettering myself. So it's like, no, no, we have to be like the best version. Of, and like any, oh. like facing demons is just like, I, I don't have time to waste. It's true. And just like, I can't, I don't know. You're very efficient. Yes. As we are now hearing throughout the, the whole through line of this is there's an efficiency to me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to make it in comedy by the time I'm 65. And there is a strategy behind it. Oh, you're hundred percent going to make it in comedy. Like for Thank sure. You. Thank you for so sure. much. Thank you so much. But this is like, um, that's how you- I climax. That's the thought. I climax <laughs> That's your sex hygiene. Is that you think <laughs> yeah. about your success in comedy? I make my girlfriend go. <laughs> eat me out and then tell me I'm Ellen (laughs) she's eating out and she's like one day late night yeah but it sounds like (laughs) (laughs) you know what's a terrible thought uh anytime someone eats you out it looks like they have a beard because of your vagina bush and Uh, I I, yeah does it if you had the thought because I've had to stop laughing I had it I just hate the taste of me don't mind talk about therapy the yeah. other tastes but just like me like tasting myself i'm just like mm. i'm oh, like i need to drink more pineapple or something like <laughs> i'm just like it's just not for me like it's too sour so uh-huh. i've like legit he's like kissed me before and i've been like mm-hmm, like in the moment just wow. like i can't have me on me um, interesting yeah that feels like a a poem of some kind <laughs> 
<laughs> sure. Yeah. Can't have me on me. Right. Yeah. I don't. It's all interesting. I don't know. I'm just I'm trying to come from a radically positive place of like I'm going to enjoy myself and all my little problems or like issues. Yeah. Um. Yeah. That's really interesting because I feel like it's like, no, I'm I'm going to consume myself and that's going to be OK. Yeah. I also I took know. a very long time to get comfortable with um oral. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, I'm me. still not. I've come once from oral. Really? I, oh, yeah. I'm when I'm telling you, I literally am like. It took me seven years to be like, oh, I was assaulted. Okay. It was like a, yeah, I'm used to like providing. Okay. So like enjoying that's not, it's like. It's it, hard. Yeah. I mean, I think also people don't talk about it enough where it's like, I know a lot of people that don't enjoy like penetration. They don't enjoy, and I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, I had no idea because we don't talk about it. Yeah. It's well, because that's the norm that we're given. Like mm-hmm. we're given the norm that sex is literally penetration and nothing else is. And we're mm-hmm. finally hitting a point. I think, I don't know for sure, but I finally feel like the term sex is really becoming very broad because yeah. you can't say that sex is penetration but then have like two men together or two women together or like right. three or four mm-hmm. and there's absolutely no penetration but that's not sex but like mm-hmm. people are like coming well it's funny i was talking to my friends last night about this so um we have a lot of tabs open and i'm gonna acknowledge that we will finish them never um but so <laughs> me and my partner were in an open relationship so i was with like some baby gays and I was trying to explain to them like the rules of that. Uh-huh. And um, they were like, okay, do you tell your partner everything? I'm like, yeah, absolutely. We disclose everything. And we have uh, safe, we always have to have safe sex. So that means like we're not eating out other people or like going down other people. And so uh, she was like, okay, but like, what do you constitute as sex? And in the like queer world, it's a tough thing because it's like, well, there's no penetration. So you could technically like, touch someone's clit but then like if they orgasm or they don't orgasm or like you're naked but like you're not finger it's so we were like literally getting into it we were like well i call this heavy petting which is like a lot of rubbing Uh over the clothes hard rubbing over the clothes and then it's like then you take off the clothes there's like layers it's not like full sex it's like and they were just like you you're an idiot like too much Um, this is too much yeah because that's the other thing too though is like we've always had this idea that sex ends in an orgasm and it doesn't yeah it does not have to and that puts so much pressure on like every party of like mm-hmm. oh this has to that's why that's a big part of like performance anxiety with people with penises i feel like is they're like sure there has to be at least a come from me and it's like it doesn't that's less cleanup like yeah, that's yeah, great. yeah well and you know not my forte but in the peens that i've discovered uh yeah there's a lot coming out of that thing oh yeah I, oh yeah i've only experienced it twice uh i had a short-term uh hetero lifestyle but like <laughs> <laughs> it's also i guess squirting is also a lot of cleanup too that is i just think squirting is kind of rare i had a friend who learned how to squirt oh i how i'm telling you i i don't there is a lot of positive sex conversation going around in brooklyn she just Love like it. youtubed it Wow. This is kind of what I mean. I'm like, oh, I'm like not setting my targets high enough. I'm just like, oh, I just like want to like enjoy my partner and have like good present sex. I'm like, no, no. Okay. I want to squirt. That's what I'm going to do. That's, I'm going <laughs> to squirt by 2021. I'm going to do this. Yeah. I mean, listen, all my girlfriends squirt. No. Uh, <laughs> the couple of times it's happened, it is insane. I thought I killed the first time it happened. I thought I'd killed my girlfriend. Oh my God. I was like, oh my God, baby. And she was like, I was like, I'm so, so I don't know what's going on. And she was like, don't <laughs> stop. I was like, uh, I think I'm, I think I'm killing you. Like, and I was like, I don't, it was like three months in. And I was like, I, I'm so sorry. Um, it's insane. 
It's insane. You like it's essentially if you have a bad leaky faucet day, you know what I'm talking about? Ooh. It's not a period, but you're like, am I getting my period? No, it's a leaky faucet downstairs. <laughs> but times a hundred. Didn't they discover that squirting is peeing? <laughs> Don't tell me that. There's oh, oh. there my producer is saying there is a little pee in it. Okay, then I just misread the headline because I only read headlines in right. this day and age. Sure. Um, and that's such a good way to reinforce that you are not an expert. Right? <laughs> I've only seen squirting uh, via porn. And it's oh, yeah. always- Do you watch porn? Oh my God, I love porn. Okay, I don't watch porn. Really? I have a big imagination. Oh my God. Okay, so one, because mm-hmm. I don't know if you're Catholic, but at one point I was Catholic. And mm-hmm. so uh, this is like at the very end of me being Catholic. I gave up porn for Lent but not masturbation. Oh my God. Um, and yes, you still can uh, without porn, but I just, I like an easy fix. I like, yeah. I like the entertainment of it. Sure. I guess. Okay. So to back up a little bit, one, I'm not religious at all. My family, mm-hmm. it, we grew up in Queens in the nineties. So they were like scared about, they were like nervous about gangs and us joining gangs. And uh-huh. so they put us in the church. Mm-hmm. But then when I was seven, I was like, this is bullshit. And I have soccer. And my dad's like, she has soccer, hon, to my mom. And so then we basically <laughs> got insane. out of it. Yeah. Um, like I had my communion and I remember just being like, this is insane. This yeah. is insane. Um, yeah. Which is in- so my family, I have a very unorthodox background in terms of like, my family is very no bullshit. Like literally, I was like, "Dad, I got to go tell this guy that I've, I've made some mistakes," and he's like, "Hey, you have to like repent or whatever." I was like, "This is nonsense. I'm not going here." So like, they were very cool with it, and I think we were like a remix of Colombian culture and New York culture. Uh-huh. So it's like both Colombians are very passive aggressive, and New Yorkers are very direct. Uh-huh. So we kind of have this like, we're gonna softly but directly tell you how we feel. I um, love it. So not religious. Um, and then growing up. I, my entire family, is, like my sister and I are hyper, like we're very sexual. I mean, everybody is, but I think we give off very like sexual energy uh-huh. in terms of like, some people just give that off. Some pe- people don't. Um, and she's, my sister's more like the quiet freak, if that makes sense. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. It's just like, oh, she doesn't talk. She definitely has a lot of sex. Like, I'm like, okay, I know who you are. Um, <laughs> there's anal beads somewhere. Uh, versus like me, like being more direct, more overt, but like, not being more timid in terms of sex just with like my history Uh but my parents never there was no conversations around sex so like everything like my sister's like I'm gonna go and figure it out and I was like I'm gonna like sit here just because in terms of where we existed in social ranking Uh my sister is uh wider presenting than me she's like blonde hair she's very straight and very femme and so she was kind of like hot and smart and I think just existed in the social ether with more grace than I did. Like Uh I had my hair always, I am like a nerd, you know? So I just like didn't have the same eleganza as her. And I so I was like a nerdy athlete. And I think the way all that translated was how we discovered sex. I was just a late bloomer and my sister was not. So we didn't have parents that explained anything or gave us sex that like my mom just never, she asked me when I was like 21 if I'd lost my virginity. And she was like in her underwear at home, like laughing. She's like, okay, I have a question. You know, like, so there's just, there's, there's no gentle hand holding in my family in regards to sex. They just didn't have the tools to learn that stuff. Like, you even see my dad, I'm kind of like, oh man, you are just this repressed, gentle Latino man that like doesn't have the tools to speak. I mean, most parents in our, of our generation, but like specifically them, they came here. They raised two great kids. Like they're like, we're done. Like if you have shit, you go to therapy and figure it out. Yeah. Um, but yeah, sex. 
<laughs> I forgot where the starting point of that was. Oh, we were talking about porn. That's what it was. Oh, we were talking about porn. My to, to end that, we never watch porn. They weren't like watch porn and enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> no, my parents also would never like watch porn and enjoy. But I think, I think some parents do do that. <laughs> I so I babysit <laughs> one time. I was like talking to twelve year old because again they know what I do, so they ask me a lot of questions. And one day I was like, "Yeah, I know you watch porn." And he his face dropped, and he was just like, "Did you hear me? Did how did you know? What what was I watching?" And I was like, "No, no, 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 no." I was like, "You're just you're twelve, yeah, and this is the time. Like this is happening. Like mm-hmm. it's totally normal, yeah." But like the thought, like I know even though they know that I'm talk about sex all the time like this is like my expert at quote-unquote expertise of just like listening to people talk about sex Mm -hmm. and like I'm not their parents I know they still wouldn't come to me for something like that specific yeah because it is such a weird thing it's so vulnerable and intimate that it's just like how do you even talk to your parents about that right um which reminds me of the show sex education on Netflix have you seen it no I haven't it's really really good it's a it's a comedy it's a British comedy but it's just the it's a main kid. His mom is a sex therapist. Mm-hmm. Uh, fucking what's her face from uh, X Files? You've you've lost me. Uh- oh my god, oh my god! If you thought Jillian Anderson was hot in the X Files, watch her in Sex Education. Okay. She is so fucking hot. She is just like I could like come to like looking at her. Like she's so gorgeous. She's so I can't gorgeous. Watch it. I can't. I'm banning white women. I can't. Okay, fair. Not, uh, in a purely sexual level. Okay. Not, not in you two are great. I um, <laughs> but not sexually. Well, I'm. Ba- I have to do like a ban on any hot white. Wo- I'm just not. Le- it's like white male media. I'm like, okay, I'm not consuming it anymore. You know, I found out. I finally realized I was um, by when the uh, at Trader Joe's we get all the no 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 wait 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 we get all the um the um. Long Island University soccer players. Uh, L-L-I-U, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. And, like, one day, <laughs> yeah, one of them, yeah. oh, my God, one of them was flirting with me, and I was like, oh, shit, I'm flirting back with you. Uh-huh. And I was like, I love when the soccer players come in. I love when the female soccer <gasps> oh players God, come that in. that is so sweet and tragic all at once. <laughs> <laughs> Such a good coming out story. Um, I think mean, there was, like, another person. There was a community. I was obsessed with her, and I was like, oh, I have, like, a crush on you. Like, yeah. Um, but then that was, like, years ago, and then... You're over it now. No, I can't even like be around her. Like she touches me, I like fall apart. Yeah, sure. Um, that's also like in the in the beginning. Uh, or, uh, <laughs> or like if you haven't been exposed to hooking up with women and you want to do that, mm-hmm. th- it's just something about it when you haven't had as much experience. I'm also making assumptions. I don't know, mm-hmm. but like you're just like, oh my god, that's <laughs> incredible. What did you do? Hold my hand? <laughs> it's like going. It's like coming. Um, the second puberty. Oh, yeah, yeah. That totally it, makes sense. Yeah. And I was such a, um, I was so boy obsessed and s- I wouldn't say sex obsessed, but like just the idea of it in high school. Like I was, I was that girl that would like just stare at you mm-hmm. for like hours or like watch you <laughs> around like the homecoming dance and be like, maybe if I get close enough, he'll ask me to dance. Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, So I could totally see like the second puberty being like that where like someone like touches me that I am attracted right. to and I'm just like oh my god I'm 30 yeah. I'm 31 and I yeah. don't know how to handle this um by the way you are it's I've heard like 40 I like quote unquote straight women be like I'm bi now and dating a man uh-huh. it's like the story of the 2000s I know if there is more um what's the word it's like okay it's like uh, or, I don't know queerness is cool now 
So people, it's like, oh, maybe like that's a thing for me, and you're more open to those feelings. And legit, there is like, I think a good like two years before I was like able to say it, I was like, am I just a white woman that wants to mm-hmm. sound more interesting? Yeah, 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 totally. And so there's always like, there's still like a lot of like guilt behind it because I don't talk about it much. Yeah, and there's still a lot of like, am I fake? Am mm-hmm. I a poser and stuff like that? Because I think that's really fair for people to to be side eyed to like. Oh, you're bi, but you've been dating this guy for you. You for should so long, um, yeah, and that is totally valid. I I understand those fears and those guilts. I I would re- like. There's this article by that uh, the Latina woman in Brooklyn Nine Nine, um, oh, Stephanie, um, whatever her name is. So uh-huh. she's bi. She's married to a man, uh-huh. and she goes out to Pride, and she wrote this really cool article about being married to a man and like the guilt uh-huh. um, attached to it. Yeah, if you are one of those women, <laughs> I would highly recommend. Reading it because I think yeah. it's like it, it told. Okay, obviously you're gonna feel guilty. You're like ah, uh, you know, and it's like you're in your 30s and you're coming out, but like you kind of can't because you have this male, this straight male partner. So like, what do you do? Yeah, um, that's a lot of feelings. I I would honestly just talk about it more to whoever because okay. talking about it uh, is the only way to feel better about things. Yeah, and throw shit on the wall. Also, like go to Ginger's and like be gay. Okay, like I don't. That, I mean, I like, for example, my partner, I'm the first uh, quote unquote female. I mean, I'm right at the edge, uh, but <laughs> I'm the first like queer person she's ever dated. Uh-huh. And I literally am like, you. I need you to go out and like go find some ladies and like you do your thing. And like, because that also translates to our sex life, too. Of course. Where if you're feeling confident in the bedroom, like it's going to help me. And I have a lot of hang ups and I actually need your help to feel good. And I can't help you with this yeah and so it's kind of like figuring out your brokenness together yeah and like how can you best support each other yeah yeah um yeah but that's why i'm not consuming white women anymore (laughs) 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 if you are a hot queer woman of color femme listening to this podcast slide into those dms do it um but also maybe don't uh Just, just gently comment on something. The best part is you like picked up your coffee mug, and all I see is pie up your life. Yeah. <laughs> um, but back to religion. No, oh, back I, to religion. Okay, right, because yeah. like it all comes back to religion. Uh, the repenting the sins thing. I was oh. in Catholic school, and we had to do confession face to face with yeah. the priest. Whoa, which was just like fucking horrifying. Yeah, because it was oh, a shit. small ass school too, mm-hmm. and. You were just like, I can't be like legit with this guy. Like right. as like we stand like as close as we are. Yeah. To be like, oh yeah, I hit my brother in my ball in his balls. Uh I stole five bucks from mom. <laughs> I lied. Like you're just like and you're nine and ten and you're just like, this is such a weird power construct. Like right. this is such a weird situation. Right. And then there was no there was no real sex education. There was I think I've talked about this on the podcast before, but my graduating class was twelve girls, two boys. So it was oh a bloodbath. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so one conversation was just like, stop it. Like, stop what you're doing. Yeah. You're only dating to get married and like make babies. And so that's a really weird thing to hear at like 12, 13. Mm-hmm. And then the other one was like, you should become a nun. And I was just like, you no. should become a nun. Where was this? This was in Stafford, Virginia. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Uh, not nearly the same, but I went, my high school was 75% girls. Uh-huh. I did not take advantage of it. Obviously I was <laughs> a, a rote heterosexual, but it's interesting when, I mean, what I wanted to ask you is, did the boys t- 
talk about power dynamics, these boys are like, I can, I have my pick of the litter, in a, for lack of a better expression. And like, there was so much pressure to be desirable to the small selection of boys that we had uh-huh. that I found that I became like four shades. Like I was like 40 degrees away from who I was as a person. Yeah, yeah. To try to be compatible to these ding-dongs. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you felt like you had to do that. Or were I, you like, I'm for the Lord? I um, I was best friends with one of the guys. So I was, say I was best friends with Jesus, and I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I was best friends with Jesus. Um, no, I was best friends with one of the guys. So, of course, I was in love with him. Mm-hmm. He did not do anything. But I had the same dynamic in college. Mm-hmm. The college I went to was 70% girls and, wow. like, gorgeous, gorgeous girls. And 30% like very like Seth Rogen mediocre dudes. Uh-huh. And the same thing happened uh-huh. where it was just like a blood a bloodbath of just trying to get these men. And I remember feeling very insecure because I didn't subscribe to the look, which was like mm-hmm. blonde hair, super tan, Uggs, uh yeah. leggings, the North Face. Yeah, yeah. I, I know it well. Right. Yeah. Um, I was there with like strawberry blonde hair before braces and then mm-hmm. had braces in college, but oh, ironically nah. I got the most sex when I had adult braces. Oh Nat. Oh buddy, that should be your one woman show. This is coming from someone on uh, my play is about two ex softball coaches who are trying improv comedy for the first time. <laughs> and they you find out that they're like they used to be conjoined twins and so it's actually a play about sisterhood. But it's very dumb. Like they're from Long Island. Uh-huh. And they're like, Duh, like, hey, yes, Santa. Like it's just <laughs> it's like uh uh whiplash for thirty minutes. <laughs> Because you're like, I don't understand what this show is. <laughs> I love it. Take yeah. it to Edinburgh. That's a whole, talk about anxiety. That's a whole other conversation. I know. Because I'm just like, if, again, talk about efficiency. Yeah, it's funny, like, the through line of everything I'm discovering is that there is an efficiency to everything. And that's what I'm trying to reverse in my sex life, uh-huh. which is like, I'm trying to be less efficient with it, which uh-huh. is like, talking about like, we don't have to orgasm. We don't have to do this. Like, I would like to spend like X amount of hours with you as opposed to like, we only have 20 minutes and will that be enough time? And just like, I would, you know, like we're hanging out Saturday. Like we've now just slotted Saturday mornings or like our mornings to do whatever we need to do. Yeah, yeah. Like if it's like sex, if it's talking about goals, if it's whatever, if it's just like cuddling. Like we also have so much cuddle time uh-huh. in a way that's like inappropriate to our schedules. <laughs> like we used to not be able to get out of bed because we would have to cuddle for 40 minutes and then we'd have sex for an hour. And then we were like, uh, then we'd spend like another hour. Cu- I mean, don't date a woman. That's just... <laughs> That's really what I'm telling you. Well, it's fun in theory. Question. Do you guys live together? Yeah. Okay. We've been together three years. Okay. That helps when you guys live together. Well, now. Right. But before. Yeah. It was a nightmare. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. The same thing with me and Aaron. He was in um, in between Park Slope and South Slope. I'm not South Slope. Park Slope and Sunset Park. And I was Mm -hmm. in the upper. uh, I was in East Harlem. Oh, holy I know. I thank you. Like people like I you can say that to people that aren't in New York and they're just like whatever. And you're like, no, this is a a long long distance distance relationship. You know, in England, apparently, statistically, they are the high. They have the highest rate of of couples that live near each other. Really? Yeah. Like apparently like 85 percent of couples in England all live like within like 10 minutes. But also like in Europe, you're not if you live in a big city, you don't travel for more than 15 minutes. Yeah. Like you're like, if I can't bike in 10, I'm not going Joffrey. Like that's (laughs) like what people say all the time. (laughs) Because <laughs> I used to live in Europe, and they'd be like, "What is it?" Uh, no, I'm not. Where did you live? I lived in Berlin and Madrid, and oh, I lived cool. in uh, Italy for a while. Nice. Yeah, I eat pray love, baby. Oh right, you were saying that earlier. Yeah. That's really really cool. Uh, yeah, I get. I mean, I also 
dedicated, I was dedicated to learning the craft of comedy and the craft that is myself. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I describe it as I was trying to get along with the landlord of my body. And that's like, I feel like I'm finally getting to a place where like, I pay rent, like I'm saying hi to you in the morning. <laughs> and my landlord's still like, you know, um, that's a healthy relationship to have with yourself, right? Oh, yeah. Um, there's levels to it. With there's everyone's levels. relationship with their body. Totally. We were saying before, though, we're talking about porn. Mm-hmm. Do we, so what? So do you still watch porn? What kind of porn do you watch? I watch literally everything. Okay. I love everything. It depends on my mood. Got it. And now I'm not anti-porn. I've seen some porn. I just don't utilize it. Uh-huh. Like, I think it's very attractive to see other people having sex. Uh-huh. And I just, I feel like I just don't have the time to, like, boot up the computer. I'm like, Gina Rodriguez is enough. And I will just use that in my brain. So that is a problem sometimes is, like, for me at least, is I will be like, oh, this is what I'm in the mood for. And mm-hmm. then you'll watch it and you'll be like, oh, no, I'm not. Mm-hmm. And so then you have to start searching. And it yeah. can take it eat up like an hour all of a sudden. And you're like, <laughs> oh, OK. Um, right. But sometimes that's fun, though, because you start to see, like, you learn for me, at least, I've learned a lot of my kinks through the porn that I watch. Yeah, totally. Um, and so when you get to explore, you get to explore more like new kinks. Like my new, I have said this a million times on this podcast, but my favorite porn right now, it's called Stuck. What is it? I thought you were going to say, is racist tweets. <laughs> <laughs> no, all it is, it's like a fucking woman is stuck under the bed or her hand is stuck like in like the um the drain and someone oh comes God. and like fucks them while they're stuck while they're stuck and but the best part about the porn though is they're so obviously not stuck yeah. like one was stuck in the washer and it's like you're how can, you're not you're not stuck like you're not i can see how easily you could get out of this because at one point they do take the person out of wherever uh-huh. they are um honestly i'm getting aroused just thinking <laughs> about it i but again it doesn't take much for me and there's uh, there's like a power, obviously a power like dynamic that turns uh, me on uh, and just like the vulnerability of it. And just it's just great. But right. I would have never learned it unless I was like, you know, just looking it up, looking it up, looking for new stuff. Yeah, that's really funny. I guess I'm just I'm I'm scared. It's like the fear of the unknown. OK, where I'm like, I can't. So I trying to figure. I watch. So I watch porn twice. Essentially, once I was trying to figure out. I'd have sex with a woman. Okay. And I was like, I need to figure out this thing because for those of you that don't know, when you're first trying to rub clits, it's like you have to figure out the positioning of it. Uh-huh. And so I was like, I don't understand why this isn't working. I need to literally do research on it because uh-huh. like no one could tell me anything and you don't see it anywhere. And it's called tribing. Tribbing? I don't know. I just call it clit on clit. But you basically have to like maneuver yourself and uh-huh. like if the person is flexible, it's easier. But that's one time I watched porn and I basically... The other options I saw, I was like, I can't watch. Like, I can't watch, like, violence. I can't. I'm, like, so well, nervous to yeah. find any. I'm like, are women being treated badly? I can't. If they're playing one-on-one basketball, okay, great. I can watch that, <laughs> which is the other one I watched, where she, like, went to go for the ball and, like, grabbed his dick. And I was like, I could do this. This, I'm fine. This is yeah. interesting to me. But I think it's, like, I'm, like, Bambi on ice right now, which is, like, okay, I do want to start watching more porn. I'm scared for what's out there. But, like, it's. I wonder if so you should dumb. start with um, there's a few porns to, that you'd pay for that mm-hmm. are way more from the female gaze that would not have right. like that's, violence or as you now know now I don't pay for things that's so very true too I'm I'd rather to- make up my own porn. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, and I found those cameras are yeah. killer. Yeah, <laughs> those cameras are. 
to die for. Um, yeah, I think that's a really good idea, especially for, like my partner would love that. Uh-huh. Like she's she's a human rights lawyer, so she's very like pro paying for sex work, and like mm-hmm. I I think that sounds like the right move, and probably what we're gonna do. Because that's like it's good too. It's and it's different than like because you the violence part is like a very true part I think in porn that it's just like everywhere and also some people's fantasies like rape fantasies like great ha- enjoy yeah that I'm just like oh I because I don't know what's going to trigger me or what's going to happen absolutely and like yeah it's also just subtle things I don't know yeah mm-hmm. I think that's a very fair critique of a thing that like <laughs> critique <you> n- <laughs> critique's not the right word but just like you know no, yeah. that this might probably might not be the best thing for you because yeah, like yeah. I'm just thinking about like all the gang things I watch like right. and they are in a lot of ways violent yeah uh, but I always watch the ones where the woman is interviewed before and after interviewed they like some uh some porns where it's like rougher uh-huh. they interview the girl before and after and they'll be like so what do you want to do today? And she'll be like, well, I want to be like slapped. I want someone to like okay. do this, do yeah, that, yeah, yeah, do yeah. this. And then the porn will go. And then afterwards she'll be like, right. It's like right after she had sex. And they'll uh-huh. be like, did you like, are you okay? And she's yeah. like, yeah, that was a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I like to know that like this They're was okay. consensual. Yeah, yeah. To- also like no shade if you enjoy that. It's more just like my own shit. Yeah, I'm like, oh, I can't. Like I have friends that are like, I, lo- I-, I can't find someone that will slap me while I'm fucking, while they're fucking me. I'm like, that's uh you know I, I can't i who hold me tightly but don't slap me <laughs> it's so interesting too because like man we've wasted years of our life having mediocre sex mm-hmm. and then it's like why did we never just talk about it that's why i'm just saying like talk about whatever your shit is or like yeah even i think the open relationship even though we've only been together three years it feels like we've been together for seven uh-huh. because we're so radically honest with each other yeah or just like have had to have so many difficult conversations because i'm like I don't want you to have resentment in 15 years that you didn't like look at that person or flirt with that person. Cause yeah. like all, with all my exes, all I hold is resentment. Yeah. Cause I'm like, Oh, I didn't get to explore that. So anyway, the point being that like, yeah, do I like dirty talk? We're going to do dirty talk from now on. Yeah. And it's going to be like, I remember, uh, I like got on her sink. We have two personal sinks. Oh, fuck you. <laughs> we have hers and hers sinks. We Our bathroom is literally a shoebox. It's like a literal shoebox. You pee inside the shoebox and that's our bathroom. <laughs> but we have per- we have hers and hers sinks. I remember like getting on her sink and like taking off my shirt and I was like, this is new. And then started just like dirty talking to her. Mm-hmm. And she like, she's Australian. So she's like, yeah, right. All right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she's like no i love it i love it all right but like she was like caught off guard she's like here we go <laughs> but it's just like i don't know i just also like laughing a lot during sex yeah i don't know i no, think sex yeah. can be really fun sex is really fun and to go back to open relationships real quick oh I, yeah um i think a lot of people that don't understand it misconstrue it with cheating mm-hmm. but cheating is is lies and hiding stuff where totally. an open relationship is so like you said radically honest it's so much harder too i and it's... wish i could just have an affair it's like <laughs> it would be so much less work but i think also the point is like and every relation like all relationships exist in different vacuums of like communication mm-hmm. but i find that my friends in monogamous relationships swallow a lot of their feelings so like i have a friend who's dating someone and they've been dating for a long time and they, they feel like they're lifetime partners, but she is like young and she still wants to have sex with more women. And uh-huh. I'm like, that's great. Sex is great. You yeah. should follow that feeling and just talk about it. Yeah. Because like so many people are like, no, I want to do this and I can't. And I'm like, if you're not obsessed with your life, like then change your life. 
So I'm very much of that. Like when we first started dating, I was just like, listen, I'm 25. I have an awkward mullet. I'm going to be hot in like approximately a year. I had a bad haircut. I So I was growing out my hair and I luckily like trapped her somehow, but I looked bad. I was not looking good. And I was like, in a year, I'm going to get hot. And I want to explore that hotness with other bodies. And like, I'm also trying to understand sex and myself and you're not everything for me. And mm-hmm. she was like, great, same Z's. <laughs> and it's a, but it's, that's so hard to tell someone that you love that you fucking adore your best friend. Like I'm going to go kiss somebody else. Also, you have to like reverse condition all of your, uh, you have to reverse all your conditioning. Mm-hmm. So like when we first hooked up with someone, we both were like felt guilty yeah, and it made the conversations harder because yeah. you're like, I did a thing. And it's like, how, okay. If we ever start a conversation, just like tell me the thesis, like uh-huh. what happened? You made out with someone. Great. Start there. So I'm not listening to this conversation. Like, am I getting trapped? Did something weird happen? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it just, it really works for us, but it's also, it's been a lot of fucking work. It's a lot, a lot of work. And, but it's worth it for us in the end. Yeah. And like, it's like we said, like every relationship is different and there's a, there's a misrepresentation misrepresent- with them right now. And I think it's because some people feel uh not ashamed that they're in it but they feel like people are gonna judge them for it yeah i used to feel that way a lot yeah well now that we've been together longer i feel better about it but when we were together for seven months people were like okay and i was just like uh no this is like a this is like my lifetime part like i've been saying that my partner is my like wife since like week one yeah and with no one else like the way we met was like uh, the earth shattered when I saw her and it, in a way where I was like, who is this? She looked homeless. I looked homeless. Like we were not, we were in bad places. Like we did not look cute. And like we were lost in the world. She had just moved to New York from Australia. And like, there's just something about her that was so undeniable to my chemicals. Uh-huh. And I was like, I, I think I love this woman. And so like, I've been feeling like that since the first day I've met her. And like, so for people to, feel that we are not a legitimate relationship is really interesting because I'm like, oh, I understand where you're coming from. You probably grew up with two parents that were married and like, quote unquote, never cheated on each other. I grew up with parents that got married when I was eight here to have like papers. And then like uh, they have they met hitchhiking and found out they lived in the same apartment building. So like my understanding of love, I was open to other weird, like I have had an unorthodox upbringing. Yeah. So I'm more inclined to be open to different things. Yeah. And I also don't really want to have a uh, mainstream heterosexual lifestyle. Like I I want to not, I don't know if I want to have kids, like I want to have kids, but I say to my partner all the time, like I'd rather like mentor kids and adopt kids and like I don't need to have a nuclear family Mm -hmm. like as a queer person I like having a radical lifestyle and so my open relationship I know people that hook up every weekend I can't do that I know people that can have emotional relationships I can't do that yeah I am a sexual being and I enjoy sex or I enjoy making out with people and if I've had three beers and there's a cute Latin DJ on the other side of the room and she's got a tattoo of dude tattoos you know, tattoos right here for me uh, oh my yeah. god yeah i, I mean it just everything works for me at this point <laughs> sitting on a stool works uh if it's an ethnic stool i'll sit on it um but yeah i so that's just i think the mentality i've had and being together for as long as we have has like helped that but uh-huh. definitely like so much judgment month like four through still even still people are like what is it and i i don't want i don't believe in marriage so i was like i call her my wife 
I don't really have the right term. People are like, when did you get married? I'm like, oh, I, okay. Like that, that's not, no. Yeah, no. I don't, so I don't have the language for it, but essentially it's just like, it's, oh, you gotta, there's so much talking. A thing that people can't wrap their minds around open relationships is the fact that we are taught like forever, forever until we're like older do we realize it's not true that sex equals love. Mm-hmm. So how could you have sex with other people while you love this yeah. one person? And I think that blows people's minds yeah. because the truth is sex is not equal love. Mm-hmm. Uh, like even like thinking about like how it was explained to you as a kid, like this is something you do with someone you love. And so right. I really didn't want to have sex with someone I loved. Yeah. I wanted to just be someone that I trusted. Yeah. I mean, I think that's really interesting because it's also like people will be like, how do you have sex with someone? Like I need an emotional connection. I was like, no, oh, you don't. Well, I also, I personally need a connection. I need something. Like, there are like hot women that mm-hmm. I've seen at the bar where I'm like, okay. And then I'm like, you drive me nuts. I can't have sex with you. Mm-hmm. But like, there are some women where I'm like, this kind of works for whatever level. And like, yeah, we're drinking and that's helping the situation. But like, yeah, I, I need something there. I need to see value in this other person emotionally, yeah. physically. Oh, yeah. So it's not like I can have non emotional sex. But I'm also not like having a relationship with this person. Yeah. So like I joke that my partner will be like, oh, like she like hooks up with someone and she'll be like, she's she'll tell me what they talked about or something. Something uh-huh. along those lines. And I'm like, oh, so you flirted with each other. Oh, OK. Like, you know, and I'm kidding. But it's also like, yeah, obviously you're going to flirt with people and have like charged dynamics. So, yeah, I don't know. That to me is fun. I think just like and you have to understand that it doesn't mean that you'd love your partner less. Mm-hmm. But you mm-hmm. it's definitely a lot of reverse. I mean, it took us three years. Like, now we're in a good place where we've, like, done all the, like, quote-unquote mistakes. Where we've been like, I'm sorry, I didn't tell you, like, this, da 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 But now it's like, yeah, if you, like, if she hooks up with someone, I'm like, great, tell me about it. How'd it yeah. go? As opposed to, like, a year ago, we were still, like, clumsy with it. We were yeah. like, um... I don't know. I was at a, I crashed a wedding in Chinatown, and there's this white woman. Oh, God, I had, oh, I'm banning. Banning! I had like a month of three white women and I hope none of them listen to this podcast. (laughs) We're here. We're back. I do have an announcement. I have two announcements. I do really want your stories if you want me to read them on the podcast. I don't know where I'm at yet, but I'm starting to go to a part where I want to do a couple episodes alone with like your stories and some of my own stories. And then that being said, besides thanking Lorena for doing the podcast awkward sex the tour is kicking up in February February is like our bread and butter because everyone wants to fuck on Valentine's Day so FYI if you are in DC we are going to be at Black Cat February 8th we will be in New York the 14th and 15th of February we will be in Philadelphia at Punchline Philly on the 13th we'll be in Hartford Connecticut the very sexy Hartford Connecticut February 16th and then we're in Boston February 22nd like a lot is happening I will say those dates again but like come find us it's my touring group so it's me Carolina Anita Flores Bobby Hankinson Calvin Cato and Jen Keith and it's a really fun time and you get to just You'll see, like, a different side of us because we've all done the podcast, but you'll see us actually perform and, like, we're all, like, fucking killer. So send me your stories, grab your tickets, go like Lorena's Instagram, and have a good week, guys. <laughs>